The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of homegrown, on-demand audio to help you look to God daily. You can listen to Faith and Fostering with Christians chatting about foster care in an Australian context. Plus, be encouraged by Pastor Terry Nightingale's four-minute devotions with new episodes added each week in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Let's see if we can get our head around the biggest challenge that might be before the church. And I'm talking about the idea of getting the scriptures into the language of every people group right around the world. I wonder if you've thought about how that challenge is ever going to be fulfilled unless there are committed Christian believers who will put their hand up and say, I think I'll get involved in some level of mission activity. And because one of the things that missionaries do not only just preaching the gospel in a different cultural context, but also being able to provide the scriptures in the mother tongue of people so that they can read God's word in their own language. Back today with Max and Helen Saal. These are two career missionaries. Max is the CEO of Wycliffe Bible Translators in Australia. A special welcome back to you, Max. Thank you, Neil. And to you, Helen. Thanks, Neil. Max, let me start with you here, because the challenge of getting the Scriptures into the language of people around the world, this is one of the central issues in Christian mission. But the job is so big, there's still so much more to do. Absolutely. There's, you know, if we're just going by numbers, there are at least 200 million people worldwide with no scriptures in their language. There are 1,600 languages with no scripture in, in that language. There are 7,000, over 7,000 languages in, in, in the world, and, there's, and, and at least a third of them are underscriptured, if you want to use that term. So there is, the job is huge, but, uh, but we serve a huge God, and he is doing remarkable things worldwide to see this come to fruition. You know... Neil, uh, Scripture says that standing around the throne of God will be people from every nation, tribe, and language. And uh, we really believe that, that we really hold on to that verse that, yes, every language will be represented around the throne of God in heaven. So, Helen, you and Max have been career missionaries. You spent 22 years in Papua New Guinea. And the idea of providing Scriptures in the mother tongue of the people means that you're not just there, preaching the gospel, even seeing a life transformed, but you're actually putting the tools in the hands of a whole people group so that they can, through generation after generation after generation, discover the riches of Christ for themselves. Mm, That's right. And so these people, they already know their language, they know their culture, but they may not know how to translate from one version to another or to their language. So being able to give them those tools, that just uh, opens the door for them to have the scriptures and it changes their lives. Max, what is it like when you've got the scripture in the language of the people and uh, you might have a story or two around what happened in your own experience in Papua New Guinea, but when people who have not been a part of church life before They speak and they read their own mother tongue language and they actually have opportunity then to see the Bible in their language. What happens? 
Oh, it's it's amazing. Um, so at the training school I was running up there in, in Papua New Guinea for Papua New Guinean Bible translators, we would get um, people from all sorts of languages around the country to come in and learn how to translate the scriptures into their language. And uh, in, in, during the course, the first course, we'd, we'd do the story of Abraham and uh, Isaac. Okay, so this is the story of Abraham going to sacrifice his son. It's very, very important. Uh, it's a narrative, so that's why we start with this particular translation, because it's just a story. So, you know, we're telling a story. There aren't too many key terms like, um, you know, key Christian terms, just just a story. So, um, so anyway, um, they translated this, this story during this six-week first course that they came into the training center for. And then at the end, we're handing out the... Uh, the, the actual copies of, of, the, uh, of the story. I remember this one group from the Co language, which was up in the mountains behind Madang, and they had come and we thought, what are they doing here? They, would, they could hardly speak any English. They, were, they looked like teenagers. We thought, oh, you know, we didn't really, you know, screen this, this team very well. Anyway, when they, when they picked up that story and they saw it in their language for the first time, all four of those young men that had come in started crying just weeping tears. We thought, what are they crying about? And, and they just said, this is the first scripture ever in our language, and it is beautiful to listen to. And we thought, ah, that's why they're crying. We all started crying then, so it was a special <laughs> hey, that, moment. Those would be emotional moments. Yeah. And, Helen, when you've got those things happening, people getting the scripture in their own language. There's something important in this because sometimes there's criticism of missionaries going in and some people will say trampling on the culture of people and uh, people who have got their tribal culture. But this, when you do Bible translation, this is a preservation of culture because language is the way that these cultural concepts are communicated. And so you're actually enhancing the culture. How do you see it? Absolutely. Jesus transcends culture. He doesn't trample on culture. And in fact, all cultures could do with a bit of a look at themselves to see where they fit in line with Jesus' teaching. But a, a culture is enhanced as they get to be set free by the truth in the scriptures. Let me ask you, Max, when it comes to scriptures in the language of the people, and uh, you started off uh, by telling us there's a huge need around the world. Today's modern technology, is it allowing us to do scripture translation better and faster than ever before? Uh, or is it all just a very slow process of learning language, learning culture and doing all this by hand? Oh, no, definitely. The technology has increased uh, this pace of Bible translation. There are fa fabulously powerful programs like Paratext um, are used by someone in the village communicating with someone uh, who could be anywhere else in the world, sending their, their translation, getting it checked and, and um, suggestions made, going back and forwards like this, um, you know, multiple versions of, of the Bible that are accessible at, at, the, at the same time, interlinearizing, so putting, a, you know, your language, then the trade language, and then the, the, um, the, the English language. It, it's just uh, exciting to see the way that technology is really accelerating. And then, then getting that is translations onto people's phones. I mean, once upon a time, we'd give them, give them as a Bible, and then we'd have to teach, teach you know, literacy classes. Now it goes straight onto the phone. You can listen to it. You can watch it. You can see the text highlighted as the words are read by somebody on your phone. 
boy, it's these are exciting times to be in, uh, involved in Bible translation. You know, sometimes I get the impression that people think that missionary work is a little bit like going backwards. And, you know, I've studied all sorts of technology and computing and online stuff uh, at, at university. But what I hear from Max here, Helen, is this is a way you can combine your technological advancement for 21st century and bring that into the mission context. Yeah, we need people to develop programs that are going to be able to accelerate the work, that are going to be able to meet the needs even of a particular people group that might have particular circumstances and they need to have their own individual tool for that. So, yes, we need people with uh, technological uh, expertise to be able to help with these tasks. Max, is there a particular special person that makes the ideal Bible translator? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Engineers, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Um, there you've is got to no... be able to keep a focus, no doubt. Yeah, you've got to keep a focus. But, boy, anybody, you know, like I, like I said, we're more and more that the national people around the world are coming in to do the work. So all we need are people who can facilitate this this process of Bible translation. So you need good people skills. I think more and more I think about the training that we give, the more I think it's more about the soft skills, the, the people skills, the relationships skills. Um, they're the ones that we're probably looking for as we as Bible translation continues into the 21st century. Helen, your role primarily is in this area of recruitment. And so sometimes, no doubt, the first person that someone calling with an inquiry is going to be you. Uh, what do you say to someone who's picking up the phone for the first time or sending you an email, breaking the ice, they're thinking about doing some missionary work and thought that, oh, I heard something on the radio about Bible translation. What do you do from that point uh, to be able to to connect that person with a deeper experience of being a Bible translator? Well, first of all, we just have a conversation. Uh, we would do that normally face-to-face, but at the moment we do it via Zoom. And so we'll have a meeting and we'll just get to know each other, find out what is the reason for wanting to go and be a missionary? What is it that you're uh, feeling that the Lord is calling you to do then what are your areas of expertise because you do need to have skills to be able to go to the mission field and are you willing to uh, do this uh, with a team of people supporting you because we don't get paid for this work that we do that's challenging isn't it because if I think about a career move I've got to work out how I can and I imagine this is the way it works a lot of people raise support. In other words, they know that there are people who recognize their gift and their skill and they get people to support a certain amount each month. Mm. Uh, how does that all work? And uh, in a, a missionary is getting rich that way. Can you, <laughs> can you do that and make it viable? Well, I, I can't speak for all mission agencies, but our particular organization works on a uh, volunteer basis. So it's self-funded. You, you, you gather a team of supporters around you, uh, friends, family, church members, churches themselves. Um, and once you get uh, a certain amount of money, which is not a great deal, <laughs> but it's a, you know just above the Australian minimum wage, I think, um, then you, we, we, you are released to the mission field. But I can tell you, I mean, we've, we've been on this, this model for the last 22 years, and it is just um, humbling how faithful people are. Once they sign up to support you and say, yes, we're going to do this, um, and, and send you money every every month. 
uh, and then they do, they do. And so we, we just often uh, flabbergasted at the, the commitment and the consistency and the generosity of, our, of the people that support the work of Bible translation. Well, I know you have a launch program that usually is on at the beginning of each calendar year. Uh, COVID issues in Victoria might cause there to be a little bit of an upset with that, but there will be a launch program sometime next year. And then you've got a year-long translation course that people can connect into to become a part of a Bible translation team, or you might be a couple uh, off to the mission fields and making a huge difference in the lives of people in another cultural people group. Let me give the website address to connect with Wycliffe. Wycliffe.org.au Wycliffe Bible Translators in Australia. How do you spell Wycliffe? W-Y-C-L-I-F-F-E Wycliffe.org.au And as Helen said, uh, it might not even be a face-to-face interview and no matter where you are right around Australia, you can do a Zoom meeting and connect with Wycliffe. Wycliffe.org.au Max and Helen, thanks so much for being with us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.